Warriors Life Podcast 2023, episode 11. Number 11's here with Fonzie on Wednesday afternoon. Fonz, what's this unfamiliar feeling of disappointment and pain that won't go away? I'm not used to it. Not used to it, mate. We spent the last three years having this feeling, haven't we? Seriously. It's, uh, yeah, no, I, mate, I never liked the Warriors anyway, to be honest. Like, they just, you know, like, seriously, if you can't beat the Knights. No, look, it's a bit of a bit of a come down, but um, yeah, obviously we'll get into it and talk through it. But uh, I didn't think we were going to win that game beforehand. Um, I was commenting on NZ Warriors and various other places, saying I just I feel like we need a loss at the minute because we're energy levels are low and so on, and it played out a little bit like that. But uh, yeah, we'll get into it. How are you feeling this week after the highs, the euphoria of last week? Yeah, a little bit. It was a little bit flat to lose to a, a team that, you know, in other circumstances we probably should have taken care of. Yep. Um, yeah, obviously very frustrating first half that we didn't quite bounce back from in the same manner that we have. It was sort of those elements that were the same as the Sharks game. You know, we close to within, was it four points? Uh, felt like we could have just about got them. Um, and then... Yeah, just just a couple of firsts, I guess, for the season. Conceding tries in the first in the last twenty minutes for the first time. Um, the first time where we probably felt like we didn't make progress week mm-hmm. upon week. Um, yeah, I mean, still plenty of positives. A few individual highlights, um, some lowlights, and some injuries. So, all in all, a tough one to take. Uh, just felt like it was maybe too valuable two points um, left out there when there's a pretty tough month coming up draw wise so definitely not worth uh, getting too worked up over but disappointing nonetheless so where do you reckon we lost it how how do you what do you if you're summing it up in your two minute take how do you describe it yeah the discipline uh, with the ball and and without for that first well for the first half really um, and not being able to defend the errors and penalties like we have done pretty well for the most part this season. Yeah. Um, here's a bit, of, a bit of a pattern throughout. I mean, you know, we've been so good, especially in the second half of doing that. And when the game was on the line, the Montoya drop, which was obviously a bit of a, a shocker, a momentum killer, and, and conceded a try in that set, which, uh, you know, pretty disappointing with 15 to go and we've, when we've uh, really dominated those last quarters. And, yeah, the start was just a mess. I mean, yeah, Webster sugarcoated it a bit by saying they're so keen and that's why we're giving away those area, uh, those penalties. It doesn't make it any less, less frustrating. I mean, inside the 10 penalties when the other team's coming out of their own end yeah. are fucking frustrating to watch. So, Well, let's, let's uh, start there. So we've seen this pattern play out every game, six games now, and Webster said, look, it's definitely not a lack of enthusiasm in fact quite the opposite they might they're going early or they're um sort of over overzealous let's say in that early stage um and yeah he's putting a, a certain spin on it um not that i think webby talks rubbish but you know i mean he's <clears throat> he's going to play his cards a bit close to his chest so what's your take on on that is it that is it a bit more than that uh it's hard to say i mean i think it is I think it'd be very glass half full to just, you know, say they're too keen because that makes it sound super positive. <laughs> because, right. you know, you've still got to be disciplined. 
um, and those are just you know easy piggybacks. Um, What's your biggest yeah. flaw, Will? You're a perfectionist. Is that? Is that <laughs> yeah, is that it? it's, it's a little bit of that, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's just a bit, uh, just not quite the. I guess that that first twenty minutes of against the Sharks was very flat, but it just took them longer um, to drag themselves out of it than than last week. I felt like the the entire first half was pretty ordinary. I know they they struck back um, through Pompey. Should have had another try, which was a massive swing moment. Yeah, scored yeah. a. Yeah, led in a pretty frustrating uh, second phase try late in the first half, and that was pretty much the the winning and losing of the game. There, I think, yeah. as as close as we did come to to closing that gap in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I, my my theory on the starts because it's it's not always exactly the same thing or exactly the same players, but my theory is uh, we've decided that the way we're going to win the ruck is through, you know, obviously our mobility and speed and especially the line speed, right? That's what we do. So through 80 minutes, we're running that smaller middle and the way you deal with um, being the smaller guy in a collision is you'd be moving faster than the big guy and you get up before the big guy's got a chance to wind up. Um, and that's also a Penrith thing, isn't it? That that very fast line speed coming out, up in defence. So I think that's our model. Um, and in that first 10 minutes, there's always that um, sussing out period where the ref is like teams are trying to see how far they can push a ref, how quick they can go, how long they can hold and all that to get the line set and go. And I think at the moment we're just misjudging that and it's hitting us more than some other teams because, like I said, our, our model is go quick um, line speed up in their face. And I think that's just being like penalised hard in the first 10 yeah, that's 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 my working theory. It's always penalised more harshly in the in the early stages. So there's more attention yeah. to detail. Just stay behind as the referee's feet. You won't get penalised. Yep, yep. And and don't like there's a bit of that hold down a little bit longer so the D line can come up, get off their line, and we're probably doing a bit of that too. So I, I, I everyone wants to blame the ref at the moment. Um, I don't think we. The refs do us many favours, but it's not the refs that are causing us to give away those set restarts and penalties in the first 10 minutes and getting us on the back foot. It's no, not. I felt like that was probably one of the more, well, the less uh, of the games this season, one of the games we've had the least reason to, to have a beef with the ref. Yeah, agree. Agree. And then if you look at, you know, those, you sort of talked about some of the moments in that first half, you know, so... That first try was Dom Young down the right edge, wasn't it? Where um, who's left edge? Montoya came in. Uh, yeah, jammed, jammed in hard. And, yeah. Jammed in hard, but made the tackle. It was all good. And Vilea did the right thing, which is push out when he sees yeah. his winger jamming that close to the sideline. And he was there in heaps of time on Dom Young, but then he kind of <laughs> did that tackle climbing on his back yeah. instead of getting in under and pushing. And then the inside defence was right. So there wasn't actually anything wrong, I don't think, with what the defence did. It was just Vallejo couldn't bring Dom Young down. And yeah, he probably could have done better. I thought maybe they probably had it well covered enough by just staying on their man and that maybe Montoya could have held off. I mean, it, the yeah. Yeah, decision to jam in looks good when it comes off, but, you know, they they got the ball to the outside and that, you know, gave Young enough space to do what to he do did. It. Yeah, but Vallejo was still there in heaps of time. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. But, like... 
just couldn't bring the big guy down, you know, and, and his tackle tech wasn't great. And by the time I think Jazz got there, so like I don't have a big problem with that try other than, you know, it's like an inexperienced centre struggling on the probably the biggest winger in the NRL. Yeah. Um, and then the next try was um, Cossie came in to put a shot on Fitzgibbon and just missed and got like he got bumped. Yeah. And then, then they went and scored down the edge. Where again, I don't have a problem necessarily with him coming in like that, but he's got to make it. You can't miss it if you're going to come in, you know. So, um, and that's another, that's the inexperienced right winger making an error. Whereas, you know, like when um, I think that second one was off the back of Young running, Dom Young running like 80 metres off that tap yeah. 20, wasn't uh, it? Uh, Miller. Well, oh, Lockie Miller. Yeah, Young to Miller. Yeah. Whereas when we did the Cossie intercept and we got, um, good ball off the back of that intercept carry and down there we couldn't convert it and they did, you know, because of that error that Cossie made in defence there on on Fitzgibbon. So, yeah, a couple of just moments like that in the early stages where our young guys probably didn't help us turn them away, which is that sort of resilience. And then um, we did get that, that beauty off uh, SJ sort of just skipping outside and putting Pompey in for the first uh, nice little try. And then... Um, the one you mentioned, which was where we uh, should have had a try or could have had a try except for the the decoy, the obstruction call, and that was a game changer. That was a big game changer. Yeah, I mean, those things happen um, when it's a, a certain player. Maybe sometimes you, you, you put more emphasis on it and when it's Adam Pompey, <laughs> I certainly did. Uh, just, you know, unnecessary. He, you know, I, there's a few people I saw were a bit upset with that one. For me, yeah. that's a try every day of the week. I mean, Hastings played it up well, but he still ended up on the deck from yep. contact that uh, Pompey initiated. So no qualms with the decision. Um, you know, we would have scored regardless, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, a big swing and, and not been able to defend it. Like they only had a penalty, what, 10 metres out, but they went the length and, mm. and scored on the back of it. So that's the disappointing aspect of that. Uh, if you want to get all butterfly effect about it, they score a try, then Egan gets carted off with an HIA yeah. and misses the rest of the game yeah. in the week. And then, you know, a couple of minutes after half time, Tamati Martin is uh, done for eight weeks. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's not the direct fold of what happened, but that's how it played out. Yeah, five minutes, you know, five minutes that had a catastrophic effect on the game for the Warriors, obviously, and, and yeah, far-reaching ramifications for the next little while too. So, yeah, uh, yeah tough I mean, one to take. sort of wrap a ribbon around it a little bit. Like, I think, so you look at it and go, there's a couple of the young fellas probably with some, slightly ineffective defence early on, you can probably chalk a try or two up to that. Yeah. That swing you just described, 12-point turnaround, that's already the game, you know, really. Like, yeah. in, in the, you take that out, we win. Yeah, I think 12 we go on with it. Yeah, I, I reckon too. And and then even with that, we still might have got there if we just had a couple of more experienced forwards in the game and we don't lose our hooker and six. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. just one of them. Just just let yeah. us lose, lose one of the spine players. And let us have one of Barnett, Tohu, and Yokore out there, and yeah. maybe maybe it's enough. But your th- your three best forwards probably down, um, and your two spine players down in game, so you don't have a bench that is going to cover that. Although weirdly we kind of did, and um, and 
all of that sort of individual stuff at the start. And it's kind of a hard one to take, but an easy one to take for me, you know, mm. as a loss. Like, I don't think it it doesn't raise alarm bells for me, but the, I think this is where you're going next. The mounting casualty ward is starting to worry me. Yeah, it's uh, been a theme from pretty early in the season since probably round two, really. Um, and it just seems to to keep getting worse. Um, if we can carry on with the with how the game unfolded, great yeah. comeback. Um, Sean Johnson's kicking game was immaculate and yep. really kept them in it and really put the Knights under the pump in the, the second half. Then he linked with Pompey again. Uh, Pompey had to do yep. more this time. Brilliant yep. try. That football yeah, was nice. To, that was you know, as good as anything I've seen from Adam Pompey in first grade. Um, and a great try. He even uh, turned up next next time they were down there and forced a repeat set with a little grubber and uh, and had a hand in the try for Cossie. Although I think yeah, uh, chance chances um, run off the in, on the inside of SJ and the offload was sort of the key to that one. But again, a great try. Yep. Four points there. We were running downhill, um, and then the yeah, next time we or a couple of sets later and Marcelo with the sloppy play the ball and it's yeah all over from there although i would say um again good character to keep plugging away chance was he playing five eight there for that last yeah last last 15 20 i think it was uh tell picky in a fullback and chance into six yeah, yeah. and great a brilliant try that he set yeah. up for jackson ford just to yeah. in away and offload for for ford to steam onto it so again like that then it's right on the towel disappointing the um the last try that really sort of sealed it. Um, bad, yep. bad read from or decision from from Pompey to yep. uh, to double up on on someone that was well covered and just left an easy overlap for Marcio to score a second. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if we can just touch on Pompey, uh, yep, there's some of the best and worst that we've seen from him in in the NRL, and that that just sums him up for me. If you were to graph his performance, it looked like an ECG of yeah. someone having a series of heart attacks. Yeah, highs and lows to yeah. that extreme. Yeah, you feel like Bradman Best didn't think he had that step in him. <laughs> you know, that yeah. Did. Bradman's like, what? This guy can step, can he? Yeah, well, they called it, uh, they said it was Mark Gasnier, like, and it, it, was. it was. That was electric. Brad Fittler. Brad Fittler yeah. step. Like, you, st- you step on the spot. It was good. If we can see more of the good stuff and less of the bad, I mean, he's going to be a very handy centre for us. But You feel like he needs to have about 10, 10 espressos before he gets out on the field, <laughs> doesn't he? Like, he's just... He's he just sleepy, even. He looks, yeah, he lackadaisical, <laughs> sleepy, like... Uh, just someone give him what's those shots they give to the dogs before the the, the dog races? <laughs> Something that just get him going because, like that step, yep, the hands, yep. Um, I've seen him close out really good centers defensively, mm. just putting it all together a bit more urgency. I don't know, but I think there's definitely a bit of with Pompey, like it's his style is deceptive. You know, yeah. or, or off-putting, depending how you want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, so, there's a bit of hicko about it. Um, because, yeah, because Hicko sort of seemed to be uh, seemed to be quite casual because he's so skillful. Yeah, uh, there's a maybe a little element of that, but yeah, okay, um, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. Tomorrow Martin gives me that same Hicko vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of um, very calm, laid back, but stuff's getting done. Although yeah. I think he's a bit more solid. Pompey doesn't quite give you that vibe, but anyway, yeah, yeah. more uh, flighty. Yeah. Uh, 
anyone else you wanted to um, talk about? Well, I'll get into team stats in a sec, but let's let's touch on player ratings. So, who were your standout ratings in this game? I'm guessing, uh, obviously, SJ. Yeah, again, and I thought it was great to see him be, you know, one of the best players on the field in a losing effort, as yep. has been, is probably a knock on him in the past. If, if, uh, you know, if the Warriors lose, then he usually doesn't have a particularly good game or better than average game. Yep. I thought it was outstanding. Um, last last week, best half on the field, I gave him an eight point five. Um, he got a dally in point. Yep. I would have got all six, I think, if the Warriors had finished off the comeback. Yeah, whichever judge didn't give him a point is an idiot. Like, there's yep. no way he wasn't in the 3 2 1 in that game. No way. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, Miller and Tyson Frizzell got big votes from both, which you know, probably deserved. Dom Young picked up a couple, and I think, and then SJ with one. Um, Chance, I thought, was really strong again. Yep. I mean, 245 metres, uh, 71 post contact, just took those hard carries like he did against. Um, Against the Sharks. Sharks. And what did you give him? Eight? Eight and a half? I gave him an eight. Um, yeah. You know, maybe to, there was a couple of highlight reel moments, though. Big hand yeah. and two, two tries, the last two tries. So, you know, could have could have probably been a bit yeah. like Got a Dallian voter. He was um, very, very good again. Um, and then the only other one to rate higher than a seven, I think, just scanning through. Tell me, Tommy Ali. Yeah, absolutely. Eight eight out of ten uh, yeah. breakout game. Finally got some big minutes and made the most of it. Forty six minutes, hundred fifty five meters on fourteen carries, thirty one tackles, with no misses. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked it looked like he'd just been gagging for that opportunity, and he um, and he took it with both hands. Um, you know, Sweet. his his time on the field was was our you know best part of the the game. So. We get smoked in that game if he doesn't put that effort in. I'll tell you, we 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 lose that game by a lot if he doesn't put that effort in. Because you know, like when you've got your three best or most experienced forwards out, um, aside from AFB, yeah, you, you need those guys to the next gen to be stepping up. And Arlo was the only one who did. You know, yeah, well, really... I thought he was a real um, a bit of a momentum changer for us. Yeah. I thought we looked pretty flat. I thought Fanua Blake looked uh, a bit flat in his first stint, and he looked better um, for a yep. second, which has been a bit of a trend for him, just from my eye test, which maybe isn't super accurate. But, um, yeah, Arle just really changed the tempo for the Warriors, and even yeah. though might have kept on conceding a few points there, it looked like we're at least getting an even, even share of things again. Did you know Tom Arle has not missed a tackle this year? Wow. You, you just said it was 31 no misses on the weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, up to round five, he hadn't missed one. So you're telling me that. It tells me six rounds, probably 100-odd tackles, no misses. Yeah. Uh, and so some, of his, uh, some of his stints have probably been when we've had the better of possession and he hasn't had to yep. make a lot of tackles, but he had to make a pile of them there. Yep. 31 tackles is a good shift. And yep. Well, know, that's the first time he's done a double shift. So, like, you know, ordinarily your props do two stints, mm. either first 20, last 20, or something like that, or 20 or 15 either side of half time. So, to, as far as I can remember, Ale has never done two stints. Um, and that's the first time he, he's done that. And 
um, he showed he can do those minutes no problem and he can still be making his tackles and carry well into 40 minutes. What do he do, 40-odd minutes? 46. Yeah. Yep. To the stats, yeah. So, uh, yeah, very impressive. And for me, he's absolutely um, cemented a spot in the 17 with his performances, much like Jazz had uh, after it since he's come back. Um, yep. You know, you just can't leave them out based on, on what they've produced out there. So congratulations to the young fellow who've been pushing for him to get this sort of opportunity, and it's maybe out of necessity, but, um, yeah, it's certainly stepped up. I think Webby's been bringing him along, you know, not not wanting to give him too many minutes, just sort of ease yeah. him into it. And now that he's had to, he's done it, and I hope that's, uh, yeah, like you said, the breakout game where turns the corner because I think he's delivering. I'm just checking his contract status. So we've got him locked up to the end of 25, which is good because I think off the back of that game and hopefully that continuing, he's going to get a bit of interest around the place. Tommy yeah, Arthur. it just says that a little bit extra for me than some of our other front rows, you know, great league speed, good footwork. Um, this seems a bit more mobile, but not to the point where he seems like a small front row. No. Um, perfect, perfect for Webby ball. You know, perfect yeah. for Webby ball. Yeah, and a good end as he showed the other day. A good engine. So, yeah, very, very happy. I uh, thought you know probably the biggest positive for me from the game. So team stats, um, possessions fifty fifty. I'm not that fussed on possession um, as a stat, but completions eighty percent. Knights of seventy nine. Again, I'm not that fussed on completion, but that's sitting around where you want it. Um, 80 is about right. Um, runs and run meters. So we actually had the same amount of runs as the Knights. We had 179 of their 176, but our run meters are 1722 to their 1448, right? So you do the mass on meters per carry and we smashed them. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's that's what sort of usually tells the story about what's going on in the middle. So this is a game where we won the middle. No two ways about it. We yeah. won total meters, won run meters. Um, Post-contact meters were pretty even. And um, set distance, we we won by, you know, a reasonable margin, 43 to 37. So on the middle stats, we won this game. So somehow we, we managed to lose it, which is back to that sort of sense we had around moments and turning points and 12-point yeah. swings and individuals missing tackles and not quite having a steady... Um, spine out there when we needed it, when we we're coming over the top um, to to win the game. But the fundamentals of the performance in some of those stats were still strong, and that gives me a bit of confidence sort of going forward. Yeah, again, you know, just those little parts of the game that, that created big swings, but 37 missed tackles to 20, uh, seven ta- penalties to five is not terrible, but, you know, that does tell part of the story. That's why we finished 10 points behind. Now, in terms of the individual player stats, I've got to talk about Bunty because I tweeted this out, which created surprisingly controversial um, to observe that Bunty played 35 minutes and ran for 33 metres, um, whereas Tom, and I think it was 20 tackles, no misses, whereas Tommy Ale, as an example, played 45 minutes and ran 145 metres and made 30-odd tackles, no misses. So, um, you know, um, Ale outperformed Fanua Blake, who was, you know, as as you expect from 
a top tier prop well over 100 meters and so on in this game yeah it was um, 151 for Blake yeah. from 16 runs still a good work rate just you know probably didn't stand out quite as much made 24 tackles so no, nothing wrong with the afb's work rate no 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 he was he was there and thereabouts um but you know there's a bit of talk about bunty uh not just from me so throw to you will um you're, you're probably free of any agenda around this. What's your, what's your, what's your assessment of Bunty first six weeks? Has Ali overtaken him in the prop rotation at full strength? Does he have a spot? Hey, I'm not as hung up on this Bunty thing as you are, mate. But uh, <laughs> he's, but he's definitely slipped behind uh, Tom Ali in the pecking order for me. Mm. Um, you know, I'm probably not as as harsh on him, but you got to be making more than you know, three runs in your 35 minutes on the field. Um, he had a couple of stints in previous games. He's been left off for the rest of the game um, after that opening stint. Um, who knows what what would have happened if we didn't get those injuries because obviously that forced a, a middle forward to 5-8 from most yep. of the rest of the game um, when Tamare went off and, you know, another forward going into hooker uh, with Egan leaving halfway through um yeah i don't i don't really know what to make of it i mean he seems fairly anonymous when he's out there um and i don't know that you can justify a spot in the 17 when everyone's available i mean you know it'd be ridiculous to leave jazz or tom Ale out um mm. if harris is back if barnett's back um you know, I don't think there's an edge forward that doesn't deserve to be in there. Um, yeah. With with someone else sort of shuffling out to the edge from the middle, like a Barnett. Um, and yeah, if my calculations are right, when everyone's fit, this walk at a five eight thing kind of um, messes with that a little bit. But I think that Surinan and and uh, Bunty are the ones that that drop out for me. So fun fact: Chance Nickel Clockstad ran for more meters in this game. Then Bunty has all year. Um, if you give chance twenty meter head start, so it's not quite there. The yeah. fact it's not it's not quite the fact, but it gives you an idea, right? So um, let's 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 steel man the case for Bunty. Um, so firstly, he's doing first stint, so they want big body out early. I support that. I think you know big body out early suits our game model, and we've already said we're not doing well in the first. 20-odd minutes, we're conceding tries, conceding ball. So it follows that he's not going to get the run meters that you get in the last 20 or the middle 20, right? So that's clear. There's definitely that's that's true. Um, the next thing is on the pod two weeks ago, I talked about how I watched him close in the first 20 and he was doing a lot of um, off-the-ball decoy work. And he was also sometimes getting ball late so that his meters were limited by him getting the ball at the line. Um, that wasn't the case this week, though. Like, I, I watched close again. I, I couldn't put it down to that this week so much. So, but, but those two things are true. So the stats understate what he's doing out there, but yeah. in my opinion, not by enough. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, you're not going to get, so, you know, good on him for doing all the decoy runs, but you're not going to get super gassed doing that. Well, yeah, and so that then makes me think that they've identified that he doesn't have the motor and they've worked out how to use him in a way that helps him contribute to the squad and to Webby Ball. Um, 
but it doesn't expose him, right? So they don't want him on at the back end of games when players are tired and the fast guys are moving around. Um, they want him. They want him. They don't want him doing a whole bunch of carries because mm. um, otherwise he'll be too gassed to tackle. So instead, they use him as a decoy, and that because he's such a big body, you got to put a guy in front of him. Sometimes yeah. two guys in front of him, right? So he's a useful decoy. So to me, they're working with him, um, and and that's it's sort of based around a sense that he doesn't have the motor to do you know usual two stint front rower. Um, uh, role now, Webby was actually asked this on Sense today, or something like this, and he said, Oh, look, he basically said what I just said. He's been coming on first 20, and we haven't been able to get him back on because of the way the game's ebbed and flowed. I don't buy it, mate. I, I don't think that's true. Um, you know, we've got three forwards out, we've got two middle forwards out, Tohu and Barnett, right? We've got, um, we've got, um, New quarter out who does a lot of work, like he's an edge player, but he does a lot of work. And then we've got um, reshuffles going on all over the place. I know that impacts interchange, but Bundy's a – what is he, a 100-game player? He's, uh, yeah, I've just got his stats up here. So he's, he's actually our longest – besides SJ, he's our longest-serving player with Jazz, 115 games in the NRL. He's Now he's he was a very young debutant, I think 18, but now he's – 26, turning 27 in August, coming into that peak time of your career for a front rower. So they say, um, you know, this is when you probably want them to be improving, not... Yeah. And, and and like with, with all those key forwards down, I'd, I'd want to see more. And Ali gave it to me. Ali went on, more minutes, big metres, funky thing. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, we'll never, we won't know if it's uh, Webster going, look... Whatever happens, I don't want you taking carries, or whether it's just you know um, he's making that decision himself. But when you see someone like Dylan Walker taking fourteen hit ups, being shuffled all over the the lineup, Jazz, you know, busting his ass to an absolute exhausted standstill, um, yeah, it's more than three runs um, in thirty five minutes, I don't think is unreasonable. It's it sort of harks back to that infamous Anzac day where Adam Blair had one run and it was in the first 10 minutes to score a try and he played 80 minutes playing the front. That's a really good example, though, because Blair is a guy who did a lot of work in terms of line speed, defensive positioning, kick chase. Um, That's a really good example where his stats didn't tell the story for Blair. He had a different job, right? And and I I agree that Bunty, to an extent, has that, but it's not like Blair to me. It's not like Blair. No, he's, he's not the mobile um, kind of gluey effort middle player. He's the big body. Where's the freaking yep. carries, mate? That's what. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on from uh, Bunty, any other performances you want to touch on? What did you think of uh, Joshy Curran coming in and doing a shift with Tohu out? Yeah, I mean, great defensive work rate over fifty or well, fifty-eight tackles. I mean, that's enormous. Yeah. Um, you know, did. Did enough uh, to keep me happy with the ball. A couple of frustrating penalties, but, you know, I can live with that in an 80-minute performance. Um, yeah, similar for Jazz and and Jackson Ford. Yep. Big work rate, big minutes, and big impact. Um, yeah, really happy with all of those guys. Um, zero at hooker? What do you think of zero yeah, at hooker? I, I don't look, mind his pass. I think his pass is pretty good. Yeah, better I mean, better like, than Jazz or Walker. 
his yeah. pass out of dummy half. Yeah, no, I've no problems with that. I mean, you know, he's, he's no Egan and they yeah. didn't have any runs, but um, I thought he did a, a job there and he was at dummy half for the comeback. So, um, you know, no complaints there. And it allows uh, Jazz and, and Walker to do what they do best, staying in the middle. Or, you know, having to shift uh, to 5-8 like Walker did. Um, yeah, no, no complaints. No complaints there. Um, the outside backs, a bit of a mixed bag. We've, I've already talked about Pompey and, and Montoya's era. Um, yeah, probably a little bit disappointing for Marcelo there, not not having sort of made as much of a positive impact as maybe we normally see from him. Uh, Ed, a couple of good moments, a couple of poor ones, and, and similar for Vilea, but, um, you know, all well over 100 metres. Um, Ed, Almost 200 with that intercept, obviously inflating that a bit. Um, yeah, that's that's probably it for me as far as borrowing into um, each individual there. Um, I reckon so. Zero because Egan's now got another concussion, and this was friendly fire as a head knock with one of our players. Can't remember who it was. Might have been Jazz or something. But um, I'm I'm just worried about Egan and him doing 80 minutes or big minutes. I think we we need a strategy to manage that. I wasn't impressed with Walker at hooker, and I'm so impressed with him at 13. So yeah. I don't think it's Walker. So maybe it is, it is for me, Ciro on the bench where he's got a job to do 20 minutes for, um, for Egan, and then he's also can – give one of the edge forwards a rest or if you need another middle because something happens, he's there. Or if a half goes down, he's there. And you can just dedicate walks to the middle role and not have to use Walker to cover all those different things. So I'm sort of starting to warm to that um, idea. Yeah, well, has Egan managed to not get <laughs> not in, a, in any of his games this year? He's missed one already with, uh, with that concussion stand there. He'll miss another this week. I think he has done 80 at least once. So he, yeah, he got taken off, taken off against the Knights, uh, yeah. taken off against the Roosters from memory. Did he? I'm just checking that. Keep uh, going. And the Cowboys was when he uh, suffered a fairly nasty looking concussion and missed a game. And then I forget if he had to come off against the Sharks or not. Um, but yeah, it just seems to be a bit of a. It's at least, I'm sure he came off against the Roosters. I'm sure it's at least four, uh, sorry, three or four games that he's had to to exit at some Shit. point. Yeah, he did. He only played 58. Well, he played 58 minutes against the Roosters. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's all been enforced, um, you yeah. know, absences. So I don't know whether that, you know, can you draw a, a uh, some sort of pattern between him getting too tired and ending up in some of those situations. I mean, some of them are aren't fault. The, the Knights one was from a bit of a... Back slam. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, the others have been getting in the wrong spot. And Yeah, I mean, I think there's... He's got to look at how he's going into tackles because there's a couple of friendly fires. It's getting targeted by oppositions. And bugbear of mine that I've been banging on about on here for two years, which is he should not be making first contact in tackles, mm. right? So um, I think the Tomalolo one might have been that situation. But um, he, he, he's, if, if the opposition middle forwards are making first contact with your hooker, they're winning. It shouldn't yeah. be happening. It should be 
Power medals protection from our. Yeah, yeah, he, he he should be coming in to lock up the ball or bring some take some legs out. You know, he shouldn't be making first contact. Like he shouldn't have to worry about the collision as often as he does. So, yeah, it's because like we're not going to go far with Lusick at hooker. Not not that he's a bad fill in, but he's not the guy. Um, yeah, hmm. not anyway. with several other uh, um, uh, injury absentees to worry about. And speaking of. Tomate Martin out for two months. Really yeah. uh, disappointing setback there. He, he obviously missed the one game with uh, HIA a couple of rounds ago. Or was it last? Did he miss the Sharks game? Yes, he did. Um, yeah. yeah, first game back and then that, that uh, leg injury, which is pretty disappointing for individual and team. Um, is that, that confirmed, eight weeks? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was confirmed last night. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Dylan Walker. And at six, what did you make of that? It, it sort of goes against the one at first man up or next man up mentality or strategy that they've employed so far. They brought in Volkman for the Sharks game as the, you know, dominant half in New South Wales Cup where he's been going very well. And I thought he had a fair game against the Sharks. Did, did get hooked midway through the second half as the Warriors closed out the game. Um, but I would have expected him to come back in, especially because it's not just a one-week thing. It is eight weeks, potentially, of having to find a new 5-8. Yeah. So, I mean, that that, that reads like they don't trust Falkman's defence, you know, mm. is, is what it comes down to. Like, they were going at him in the um, Sharks game and then they hooked him and brought him back on. But, yeah, I think there's definitely an issue there. Like, I think... If he doesn't play this week, you've got to think it's because Webby's decided his D isn't ready for first grade. Um, walks at 5'8", like, he he did have a few errors at the back end of that game when he played 5'8", but he'd done a stint in the middle. He was gassed, you know. like it's yeah. So if he's playing six all game this week or most of the game, he won't have the same fatigue in him. He might go quite well. Um, but, gee, we're going to miss him in the middle when we've already got all these middles out. Um yeah, well, he's been clearing 100 metres easily every week, doing a lot of defence, so that's a that's going to be hard to um, make up for. I mean, I, I can see, so Tal Picky's on the bench. I, like, I don't get what he's doing on the bench. Like, what do you think the plan was last week if we don't lose Temare Martin? Was Tal Picky just going to sit there and not play? Or was he going to come on and, like, spell chance? Or was he going to come on at hooker? Like, how was that going to work, do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really think about it on the run, but there wasn't really a, a spot for him unless you're going to hook one of our other outside backs off and move Chance into the, the three-quarter line. Or, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it didn't, didn't make a hell of a lot of sense. I mean... Are well, you going to put him yeah. on the wing and, and or in the centres if something nah. like a pretty nah. small body? Imagine Brad yeah. and Bess running at him. Yeah, he's, he'd be a target. Um, I'm a big fan of him as a player, but I just don't... Quite see the value of him, you know, on the bench. Well, here such a versatile bench already. Well, here I reckon it's got to be he's going to play. Um, it's going to play Walker at six, and then at a certain point he's going to get Walker to do a stint in the middle, and at that point, um, Tapiki will come onto fullback and Chance will go into six like he did on the weekend, and give yeah. Walker. Well, I mean that that you know that did have a bit of an impact, Chance. Looked pretty much at home, even though he's not the most uh, natural ball player. Set up a try, 
Uh, Toa Pinky looks like he could quite easily, you know, fill in at, at 5 8. He's uh, definitely got yep. that live wire playmaker vibe about him. So that's an option too, I would. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just as much as uh, as Chan's moving there. But uh, it's the frontline defense, but if for him, like I'd rather Chan's up, up in the line and yep. tell Picky, but with ball in hand, he's he's can do six. I mean, then you've got Hooker, right? So with Egan out, you've got Freddie there. Is Freddie going to do 80 minutes? Don't know. He's probably, he's probably tough enough to do 80 minutes, but you want to give him a break. So maybe is Bailey. Is Bailey going to go into hooker at a certain point? Curran comes on on that edge, or yeah, well, um, Sernan was moved to the bench with Curran starting and playing eighty. Um, yeah, maybe that was because of the the uh, hooker injury, but um, you know that was the late change. I reckon we can probably expect to see the same again. Uh, Lusick played seventy six minutes in his game against the Bulldogs yep. a couple of weeks ago, so he can go the distance, but. Um, you know, probably better to, to give him a bit of a spell and what's going to be a tough game against the, the Cowboys. And is, is Toggle going to play? Uh, the signs sounded positive from the press conference, I thought. I mean, who I'm knows? pretty confident. I, I'm very, very, very confident Toggle's going to play. I think we, well, I mean, we, we definitely need him this week, I think, especially with the Walker move. I mean, if, yeah. if Toggle's anywhere near fit and thinks he can get through without... Uh, making the injury worse than, yeah, I think he'll be back. Obviously, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm very confident about that one. What about Dallin? So yeah, he's eighteenth so man. Late change or Cosie keeps his spot? Well, I don't really see the unless they've sort of told told them beforehand or already. Look, there is going to be a late change. I just don't really see why they would not just name Dallin. I mean. Dallin's a very experienced player, a test player. It's not like they've got to protect him. So if, if the plan isn't to play him, um, then why not, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fair. I mean, I think there's always with the Warriors, there's a bit of like, oh, they're travelling from A to B, and so we haven't had time to sit down and work it out. So we'll just name as far as possible what was there last week and yeah. then... And then go through. So I'm always like, especially, I think this week we're going to get one training session in, then captains run, then game, right? Because we've yeah, had to been around travel, yeah. Yeah. So there's a bit of I'll uh, just stick what I had in last week and work it out later. So I'm not, wouldn't be surprised to see that happen the yeah. day before. But so, uh, so what? So uh, if it was you, are you bringing Dallin in? And if so, for who? Yeah, I'm bringing him in for Corsi. Yeah, I'm bringing him in for Corsi. Of course, he goes back to cup for a bit, um, and I um, would probably have played Volkman um, in the halves. I know he's going to leak, and I know we've already got a pretty leaky um, edge going on, but I'd, I would have stuck with that next man up. But obviously, Webby's, if he doesn't do that, I'll, he looks at a different, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy with that. I mean, because it's not like you said. It's not as though this is a one-week thing, right? Like mm. Metcalf, the latest news is he's probably four weeks away. Yeah. So it's not even a, oh, we'll just muddle around for two weeks and then Metcalf will come into six. All right, we're going to do this for two months. So you're telling me we're going to play walks at six for, t- six for two months and Volkman's not going to get a look in, you know? I, I didn't see enough uh, negative in Volkman's game against the Sharks to sort of 
say, oh, no, he's not ready for this. Um, yeah. And he is in the uh, reserves, as he Yeah, he's in the 23. Um, yep, so he can come up. Yep. That is a chance, you know, depend- and be surprised to see him as one of the, the two reserves left um, the day out. Yep. Although yep. with Tuel Picky uh, on the bench, maybe having Dallin and, and uh, Volkman as your 18 and 19 is a bit of a risk should something happen to one of your Fords inside that last 24 that's, hours. But That's a good point. Um, Dallin last week, just to if anyone hasn't caught the New South Wales Cup action, four tries. I watched the yeah. highlights. It was a good four tries too. Um, yeah, two of them were sort of powering over in the corner. He was playing apparently playing against a pretty inexperienced guy that was having a bit of a shocker, but mm-hmm. um, you know he still had to do had a lot to do to score those four tries. Um, one was following up from a, a bomb error, but probably most impressive part of the game. Highlights wise was a uh, awesome line break from deep in his own territory to set up. I forget who he set the try up for, but it was an 80 meter try that he had the assist and the line break for. And yeah, he looked electric. Um, so looking forward to seeing Dallin back whenever that is, whether that's this week, can't be too far away. Um, yeah, I, I would say he's probably our. Uh, our top winger still, so it gives. I think he just gives us a bit more flair and finishing strike as well, and obviously that experience. The the guys that have been there in the three quarter line have done a great job. I think um, definitely all had their moments, good and bad. Um, yeah, I think he Dallin probably deserves a spot at the top of that queue. Yeah, and uh, what we're talking about the lower grades. Shout out to our SG ball team who finished up their season on the weekend. Um, they finished ninth, um, so with with eight points, ninth out of sixteen. Um, and if you said to me, you know, that's where we're going to finish up first year back from COVID, scratch team coming together, I think that's a great result. You know, it's a good job from Blairy coaching them, um, and really good signs. Yeah, finished mid table off the back of nothing. You know, that's that's. Um, that's pretty solid. Just checking out. So, yeah, our New South Wales Cup team, obviously with a big win on the weekend, are actually sitting second. Wow. Um, yeah, great signs and good on. Good to see Slade Griffin um, enjoying a bit of early success in his coaching career as well. Yep, yep. Some, yeah, some impressive performers there, actually. I don't know who, you know, with the whole top 30 thing and, and all of that, who might get a run, but uh, Kalani going has been... Uh, putting in some good performances there, two tries on the weekend, and hell of a work rate for a pretty unfashionable looking player. But yeah, uh, from the Going family, the famous North Northland Rugby Union uh, crew. And there you go. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's yeah, good. Some real talents in there. Hey, um, while I'm um, while I'm thinking of it, we we're talking about Metcalf before. He's obviously been off in the US getting treatment on um, his injury in the same way that Trebojevic and some of those guys are getting treatment. Um, do just want to call out, you know, like it's good to be one of those clubs who looks after their players to that yeah. level. And yeah. he's an emerging player, you know, so it's not as though we're sending our superstar over there. We're sending an emerging, hopefully, superstar over to do that. And I think that's, you know, it's, um, you know, credit to management, right, that, that's yep. the sort of thing other players see and they go, oh, okay, the Warriors look after yeah. their players like that. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, a guy that hasn't 
played a game for us yet. Yep. And um, and has only played a handful in the NRL, so it's not like he's a bona fide slam dunk star. We hope he is, but um, and would love to have him back on the field right now. But yeah, as I said, good uh, good sign from the club. So this weekend, Will, what's going to happen? Where do we I go? I've got a, a maybe it's just on the back of a loss and the injuries to have a slightly, um, yeah, just a negative outlook on this one result wise. Uh, I think they can get. Well, I don't know. I think they should. No, I don't know. I th- the, the Cowboys I'm, have been in confident. They've been in shocking form, right? Yeah, um, they've been terrible. That's that's what worries me. I think. But there's a lot of ins. There's a lot of ins for them this week. It's pretty much full strength back line. Um, I think it's a full strength spine. I'm just double checking, but I think it is. And you know, this is a team that at full strength was contending for a title almost last year. So um, then you know, on the flip side. Tohu will be back, but probably a bit underdone. We've lost two members of our spine and we're going to have a makeshift six by the look of it um, and obviously a fill-in nine. And it's it's sort of hard. If you look at the lineup on paper with all our outs and their ins, it's actually pretty hard to see how we win this game. Um, so it's a sign of how far we've come that I'm still somewhat confident. But I, I actually think that at home, we, we still might get them. We might be able to, you know, get a bit bit of the adrenaline going and, yeah. and get them if they're just a little bit off and lacking in confidence. Um, I like their bench, I think, is is not very strong. Um, but, you know, you look at – and oh, hang on, Mitch Dunn at prop, Ruben Cotter. Yes, yeah, so they're, they're probably forward down. Yeah, okay. Griffin names out. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's back. He hasn't been in that good a form. Lately, obviously, still a strike been on attack, but um, yeah, probably hasn't yeah. been the all-round star that he was last year. Tuolagi's um, back. Yeah, that that concerns me. That may yeah. makes me think Dallin could be a late inclusion because he's yeah. the winger that could give Cossie an absolute bath. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they look stronger than they did last week, even with name out. I think overall, yeah, um, they have been very poor. I mean, they got absolutely. Uh, caught on their heels by the Dolphins last week, 26-6 down. And, you know, they had more than enough ball to come back against a pretty depleted Dolphins side and came up 10 points short. Um, yeah, they haven't put in more than 40-minute 40, 40 effort all all season. Um, this mm-hmm. is the kind of game, you know, you feel like the, the Warriors... Play a bit of form. Traditionally, the type of team play someone into form. I, but, you know, I, I saw enough last week still to to um, suggest that we're still on the right track. It was, yeah, just uh, a few moments and, and just not quite at the same level that they've been for the first five rounds. So, yeah, I'm changing my uh, my prediction to a, a, a confidently predicting a win, Fonz. Yeah, you're going to give it a, put a margin on it, roughly? Uh, I think it's going to be a tight cliffhanger that is uh, going to probably uh, give my, my poor dog... Um, <laughs> an anxiety attack because she is yeah. absolutely hating this season and how on edge I am for every game. So I reckon we win a high scoring game. That's yeah. my take. A high scorer, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think um, I think there's there's leaks in both of these sides at the moment and um I think they've both got the strike. Well they, they certainly have the strike in their backs to 
put points on us and I've got to back us to put points on them. Maybe another pompy big left foot step. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking high scoring sort of both in the 20s or higher and we probably just get home at home. Um, if we lose this, though, we've got to start, you know, we, we start being in this place of um, what do we do with the six? Yeah. You know, like what do we do? Because the forwards are going to come back. Barney's three weeks away, I think. New quarter is back next week. Um, Toho hopefully is back from now. Um, but, yeah, that long-term injury to Temare is, is yeah. going to be a problem. And I don't think I don't think Egan's going to be back after one week. Yeah, I don't just need a bit bit longer. There's, I, yeah, I think so. Concerning two two head knocks in three or four weeks. It's uh, yeah, bit of a worry for sure. Uh, I don't want to place too much importance on one game when we've already overachieved um, in getting to a four and two record. But yep. if we lose this four and three, all of a sudden feels not quite as uh, as good on uh, you know given the how it's much a home game right? yeah and it's a home game as well against teams that's struggling with only two wins on the board but the next three weeks after that we get a, a good uh good long break yeah. uh, to anzac day which is obviously going to be very tough now the storm have clicked into gear again then a very short turnaround to the roosters i think and yep. then it's magic round against the Panthers, so Panthers, yeah. uh, that's a, a horror three-game stretch um, after it's, this. And so if we can go into that five and two, that gives us a bit more. 100%. Better. It's actually a big game, yeah, because if, like you exactly how you said, if we win this, we're 5-2, the pressure's off the coming weeks, we start getting players back, even if we dropped all three of those games and we're 5-5, five, five, but back at full strength heading into a bye um, in round 12. Uh, yeah you still look at the first half of the season and say, okay, we're, we're still in the game. But if we drop this and then have a bad run, um, yeah, it starts getting harder. So really important game if you're in Auckland, get to it. Yeah, uh, Ticket sales look pretty good, so it'd be a good atmosphere out there. So yeah, Early get out there. and good time slot for the Warriors. Yeah. I like it. Um, if I'll just take this opportunity too, Fonz, uh, after you put the, the impassioned call out last week. We've had a flood of new patrons. Um, they're very humbling and very much appreciated. So if I can thank specifically our new patrons, Callum Newsom-Brown, uh, someone very familiar with already, the Samoan Metalhead, great fella. I've heard a fair bit from him over the years. Keith Whitelock, uh, very active um, member of the Twitter community and, and does some great stuff himself as well. Keelan Patton, um, an enthusiastic sport supporter of, of TWL's work for a long, long time. Uh, Vita Sicaria as well, and um, and Al Hall, our newest uh, patron. So all of them coming on board in the last uh, eight days or so. Um, yeah, so nice. But, yeah, really, really generous um, backing as well. So uh, we'll try and keep giving you the, uh, the content to justify you backing us. Um, but, yeah, again... Thanks to each and every one of you. And also just a special mention to Regan Hughes, who's uh, been a patron for a fair amount of time, I think, and bumped up his, uh, bumped up his pledge as well. So what a legend. I can promise all of you that none of us are making any money out of this. <laughs> and um, there's no, like, we're doing this because we want to do it. Like, if you're doing this based on 
patron or any other money that comes in, you wouldn't do it, right? So um, just to be clear about that, but we do appreciate it because, um, like, I mean, me personally, the costs of me doing this are um, probably works out at about 500 bucks um, a year. That's actual, like, costs I pay IT and this and that. Wills would be multiples of that, right? So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's yeah. appreciated. It just helps offset that. So when your missus has a whinge about something because you've told her she can't buy that handbag and she's like, well, you spend all this money on your stupid podcast and your stupid website and you can at least say, well, at least the patrons cover some of that, you know, so. Yeah, and um, and anything extra is going to go to buying Brad a new pair of pants. So he's yeah. overdue. Uh, everyone would have followed the pants saga last year, but, you know, that's, that's over a year ago now. So it's obviously... He needs a pair of long sleeve shorts, does the old brain? <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about us for the week. Don't you think, Fonz? Yeah, mate. That's it. Let's let's rip in this weekend, eh? Two points. Two points coming. Yeah, well, uh, Fonz is uh, sunning it up in Queensland next week, so uh, so it'd be Brad and I hopefully next week, or at least me and someone else. Special we'll guest, though. Yeah, yeah, we'll get something out there. Brad's still, uh, prop, Brad's still propping up that house that was falling down last week. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got the new form building sign up there just with a couple of acro props under it, just holding it up. <laughs> you you better that. come on, Brad, or we're going to trash your, your building company. <laughs> uh, right, uh, thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Go the Warriors. Go the Warriors. <laughs>